And there we go. All right. Good morning. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. Uh, I just wanted to ask something about the fluid change in the joint uh, in a specific case with the shoulder impingement. So let's take it, for example, like a wide with the right shoulder impingement, because when I measured the ER, it starts hurting already at 10 degrees. So, okay. <clears throat> so we need to clarify something very quickly. Okay. When you mm -hmm. say shoulder impingement, what, where are we talking about it? The anterior part. Okay. So there's one there, there's one there, and there's one up here that would be up in there so when i measured the er it hurts on the uh, back side yeah but when okay. he lifts up it hurts on the front side okay so we have two problems then it's not the mm -hmm. same problem okay yeah so let's talk about the uh the pain in the back first the back side cool mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. i was just thinking if i understand correctly i bump into uh uncompressive fluid in the back when I try to measure the ER, no. No, you've got so 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 you've got you've got like I said you you've got two they're they're kind of related, um, in, in this scenario, um, you've got it's a wide ISA right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, really compressed forward, like he has this huge belly. So. I was okay. All right, thank you, thank you. So what I was literally was I, I was just gonna say is you literally have an ISA that is pinned up and out and will not mm -hmm. close. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, so his ISA looks like that, right? Mm -hmm. This would be straight ahead. He's up and turned like that, and he's stuck there. Yeah. Uh, so, step one: um, liposuction. Okay. You. So I, I'm making half a joke. Okay. I so know. You're, I know. You're, you're in a little bit of a pickle here because because what's what's going to happen is that you've got to get the ISA to close on the affected side. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't, if you don't, you're not going to be able to, to change the orientation of the shoulder very much. So, um, so that's going to be a huge, huge thing for you. Okay. Now that aside. Yeah. Because when I tried to do an I ISA roll for a wide, he could not like put the head down because he <laughs> was so up. He's too. Okay. Whew. Okay. We got a toughie. Um, all right. So, so let's talk about, let's talk, let's talk about the easy one first. Let's talk about the easy mm -hmm. one. So the pain on top. Okay. That's going to be a dorsal rostral compression. Okay. Mm -hmm. Chances are, chances are you'll, you'll be able to impact this to a certain degree. All right. All right. Now, um, and do you, have you seen the, the, the three impingement video thing? Yeah, but I'll watch it again. for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, cause you, cause you got, you you've, you've got one of the one of the big three and then you've got the special one which is a little bit different um but the, the reason he's going to get the posterior in this case is is be, is because of his belly okay um and and again you're you're you 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 do manual right mm -hmm. okay all right you're going to have to do a lot of manual here um what you have in this scenario is the expansion is, and I'm going to make this kind of simple in two dimensions. 
the expansion is, is in the is in the anterior aspect of the shoulder. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it's turning the humerus into ER. So you've got concentric orientation across the backside of the shoulder. Okay. So the, the humerus is actually turning into ER relative to the relative to the uh, scapula. Okay. Then they start to move together, and then you get dorsal rostral compression, right? So you get the DR expanded, okay? That's mm -hmm. going to allow the, the humerus and the scapula to move out of the position that they're already in. Then you have to restore the relative motion between the humerus and the, the scapula by creating uh, the posterior shoulder expansion so you can get the internal rotation back, mm -hmm. okay? This guy's like way forward. He is, he is expanded in a very significant manner, right? So you're gonna, you're probably gonna, to get, to get the symptom relief, you're probably gonna have to use your hands. Yeah, I, I was just thinking when you were talking about that I need to get that compression, um, DR compression out of the way first, would yeah. like a low oblique kind of a thing work or is he too much, okay. My again, the, the picture that I have in my head is actually a gentleman that came in to see me last week. Um, he, he was one second. Love you. Um, he was a very big human being. And and we were really stuck because his mm -hmm. girth was a big part of the problem. Like, like we had limited options. Um, and in those cases, um, he has trouble reducing the the concentric orientation that's creating the problem you're going to have to do that for him. You're going to have to try to capture that for him. Then you might actually have to do some old school kind of isolationist kind of rotation activities to get a local effect. Like literally, you might have to pull out the rubber band exercises mm -hmm. to get the internal rotation, okay? because you need concentric orientation on the anterior aspect of the shoulder because it's it's too expanded on the front. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it the other way around. Uh, so I'm guessing like the posterior pain is of the, uh, because of the overcoming strategy. Yeah, he's like, like if, if you were able to look at the humerus, I would hazard to guess that, that he, has, he has approximated the humerus as much as he can towards the scapula with, with like a... Yeah, a, he walks like on the side, so yeah. Like his arms are out here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a bodybuilder, but without the muscles? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But he's a big dude, so it looks like... Okay. Yeah, so... so um, so think about you're going to have to reduce a lot of concentric orientation. So so from a from a manual standpoint, the space between the scapulae, the back of the shoulder, like all of that needs to be done. If you can if you can do a scapular decompression in sideline, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if you can do that, if, mm -hmm. Yeah, if you can do that, that's actually that's actually um, a position that you're going to need right? To get the DR to open up. Mm -hmm. So, so I would probably, I would probably give him one chance with an exercise and then I would probably go manual on it mm -hmm. and then try to follow up with something that, um, 
that he can do. Um, it might even be like a seated dorsal rostral expansion type of an activity. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, it might be something like that. Again, I'm just thinking because of his his girth. Well, this one actually worked, but yeah, I still have some of the symptoms. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna need something along those lines, though. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, you you got me in the right direction. Yeah. So thank you so much. Yeah, it, it, it's it's gonna be one of those days where I always tell people to take an extra shirt to work. Because okay. You're gonna do so much manual, you're gonna break a sweat. You know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Like those guys are hard to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. I have Neuro Coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right. Well, we are back after a few days off digging straight into today's QA because we are busy, busy, busy trying to catch up. Uh, this is from Zach. Um, Zach is working with a, uh, an athlete who was initially diagnosed with shin splints and it turned into a much more complex situation. So she's had uh, symptoms for a long duration and actually had a, a surgical procedure to try to alleviate uh, some of these symptoms. But what this goes to show us is that there are many possible influences that, that need to be addressed. And we, we covered a lot of bases here um, from neurogenic sources to bony um, to muscular. We need to be able to rule out each of these as a source of, or influence in, in this uh, outcome. And so um, Zach's got his work cut out for him. He's going to have to do a little bit of work here. But um, if, you, if you pay attention, you'll get an idea of why we would say that, that certain things might be more of an influence um, in regards to bony shape, muscle position, um, foot position, and then looking at the axial skeleton. We can't rule any of this out, um, especially with all of the possible structural influences. So Zach, thank you so much for, uh, for bringing this, this question as it is a great representation of how complex some of these situations can be. Everyone have an outstanding Tuesday and I'll see you tomorrow. Morning. Greetings. Um, so I have, um, I'll give a quick background on like the patient that's making me think of this question and it's a more like general question, but I guess sometimes helpful to attach it to a case. Um, it's a pretty interesting one. So there's a college athlete that's just home for a few weeks um, before she goes back to school. Started having symptoms back in like spring of 2021. So almost two years ago. Okay. Um, what was diagnosed as just like bilateral shin splints initially. Uh -huh. um, tried playing through the 2021 fall season soccer player. Um, progressed to like neural symptoms on both sides. Um, when you say that, what does that mean? She's having like numbness and tingling. No like particular distribution. Um, but like her whole foot would go numb and then like both sides of her shin. Mm -hmm. um, had a popliteal artery release on both sides. Well, um, so, can I back you up for just a second? Mm -hmm. um, where was the numbness and tingling specifically? Uh, I, I pressed her for specifics and like she really just like said like it, it's kind of everywhere. Okay, like so everywhere, uh, like, like whole foot. Like a sock, yeah, whole, whole whole foot, um, and like both. She kind of like would like scrape like both sides of her shin when she was like trying to describe, um, like medial and lateral aspect of her shins. Okay, I'm just so, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's right. Um, so she had like a bunch of testing for like I thought it was like compartment syndrome, 
um, tried PT, nothing worked. So in February of 2022, I had a bilateral popliteal artery release with some relief of symptoms, but then she also like wasn't really doing much at the time. So she wasn't really sure what to attribute it to. Did PT all the way through the, up until like this past summer's preseason. Um, but then as soon as she started playing again, symptoms started ramping up. Um, ultimately made it through most of the last season, um, but then she started to like really have those same neural symptoms and also started to develop like dorsiflexion weakness, like not like full on foot drop, um, but like heading that way. Um, so now what I am seeing her for is December 15th. So mm -hmm. a few weeks ago, um, she had all compartments released like fasciotomy on the right side. And she's scheduled for that on the left side at the end of this month as well. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question, um, we talked, or I've heard you talk about like top down versus bottom up influence, narrows versus wides. Yes, um, she is like very tall. Like I look her in the eye, very tall, very slender. Um, range of motion wise on the table, much more limited shoulder measures than hip measures. Um, like the iterations are there, but it's just like, it was like a noticeable difference in terms of shoulder versus hip. So when you talk about, I guess we'll use top down since she's a narrow, like when you talk about a top down influence, is that speaking like to, like I've heard you say, like it would start at like L1 versus at like L5 S1. Does it also speak to like literally starting like higher up in the narrow? I'm almost thinking like in a narrow struggling more to get like the late proximal to distal representation as opposed to a wide where they might not get like the distal to proximal early. So I guess like, is it bad way to ask that question? Is it, is it literally like superior to inferior, like the whole body, or is it superior to inferior, like in the individual iterations? Well, so how are you going to create a downward force in somebody that does not have the structure to create a lot of downward force? So my, my, my thought is that like she, she literally needs to go all the way up to like rib cage and cervical spine to get her downforce into the ground. Yeah. So she's, so, so this is, and this is one of the, this is one of the consequences that would be associated with, with taking somebody that's a narrow ISA and trying to drive high force production in something like, and I'm, I'm just picking on an exercise because it's easy, like a trap bar deadlift that everybody has to somehow drive now because everybody does trap bar deadlifts. Uh, so to, to put pressure down into the ground, you have to squeeze, um, their, their bias is such that the pelvis is going to allow the outlet to, to descend. And then, so that's downward, right? That's movement downward. Okay. And then I have to squeeze even harder from the top down as I push into the ground. If I can spring back up, life's great. All right. Doesn't sound like she can spring back. No. Okay. And, and, and nobody's, nobody's telling her that. So guess who's going to have to tell her that? Me. Yeah. So, um, my, it, it, so, uh, what does her foot look like? Um, it's like, she's kind of like, not like crushed into middle. But like she's off got, the ground though. I'm sorry. When her foot's off the ground. Um, I don't think I can answer that. And look specifically enough at that. You might want to take a peek. Compare the foot when it's on the ground, when it's off the ground. 
what what are you thinking with that question uh my guess is you're gonna have a very er'd foot off the ground it's gonna look like she wears high heels all the time okay mm -hmm. and then when she stands up on it she's pushing it hard into the ground okay it'll she'll, she'll be accused of having like a pronated foot gotcha i don't i would hazard to guess that she doesn't um, just based on the on the description and the duration of symptoms and then the way that the symptoms are are being prolonged. Like she's she's really not creating an expanded representation away from the ground. She's going into the ground and she's now stuck there. Right. And so then it's just like taking the take a a freshly cut tree branch and bend it and just keep bending it and bending it and bending it and bending it. Right before it starts to crack. Yep. So you, and so you and you think about it. It's like okay, um, take take all the musculature that's attached to just say the tibia, mm -hmm. or cro and crosses the ankle. Okay, so all of that, and then move the attachments closer together, and then twist them apart. So compress the tibia short and then twist it. And then those would be the muscular compartments that they're that they're looking at. Yeah. Can you see why she would try to be, she would be trying to produce a, a bunch of tension with it, but she's got an orientation. Like she's literally the muscle attachments are are in a less than ideal representation to produce force. So she produces a ton of force. And all it does is twist the tibia a little bit more. So like the like muscular muscular attachments like locally are just in a terrible position to produce force. So that but she they just, produce a lot of tension where they're attached. Yeah. Yeah. And then she just keeps going higher and higher to try to get the force she's not getting. Well, she she's got to push down and come back up, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's how the spring works. You compress the spring and you and then you, you release it, right? And so she's she squeezes down. And then she gets a little bit of release and then she squeezes down and she gets a little bit of release and then she squeezes down and then she gets less release and then she squeezes down and she gets less and less and less. Right? Does she does she have dorsiflexion weakness? Um, or does she just have a position that does not allow her to produce force? You see that you see what I'm saying with the difference here? It's like it's like, is this a neurologic phenomenon? Does she have that much compression on a nerve? And it's possible. Does she have that much compression on a nerve that, that she cannot produce force anymore? Or is it just positional? Either way, you've got to release the, you got to relieve the, the position. Right? Gotcha. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. So you got a little bit of searching to do. Um, I would, I would try to narrow down some of the, um, numbness right that might help you figure some stuff out if it's very superficial if it's like skin level that's tension too um look at your sclerotomes okay those get ignored look at your sclerotomes it'll help you narrow some things down as to where she might be like why she feels pain in certain areas yeah i've only seen her one so far and i i probably asked her like four or five separate times to try to get like a better representation of where the numbness tingle was. But I think she was getting like frustrated. Do you use your fingers and stuff? 
mm-hmm. like on her skin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that'll help you. Like, cause sometimes it's hard to tell, like, like it's very difficult to tell some, some of the superficial sensor, sensory stuff, especially the light touch. Right. So try to help her out with that. Do you have a pinwheel? Don't. Anesthesiometer? Is it anesthesiometer? I think it's, I think that's the technical term for it. No, you know, I'm talking about like the metal pinwheel. Uh, yeah, I, I know, like I can picture what you're saying. I had never heard that word, word before. Yeah. I think it's anesthesiometer. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to look it up. It's been a while, but th- those are helpful under those circumstances. All right. Good. Give it a shot. Yeah, only got a few. Yeah, but I would, I would, I would just start looking at, at, you know, get get some get some pictures so you have a starting conditions. Check check the foot off the ground and on the ground, right, and then just see if you can pull her out of it. And there we go. All right. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect. So I was I was just thinking about uh, last time you said, I don't know who are you talking to, but I think it was um, it was Zach when you were talking about the shin splints and stuff and uh, the feet looking very, very supinated, like they're wear- wearing a high heels all the time when they are not weight bearing on the on the uh-huh. ground. So, yeah. is that just that? Does that tell me that they they have that much of ER orientation, and when they stand up, they have to start bending into IR, especially if I see the what would be accused of pronated foot when they stand up um yeah so so basically what you have it hang on you basically have a foot right so grab so this is what it looks like when it's off the ground yeah yeah okay and then they stand up and they orient the they orient into the position, and so so they're they're they end up having to drop the internal rotation in front of the ankle, and so it, so it orients the foot just like you would orient a pelvis. All right, all right, all right, understood. And yeah. this this is this is one of the this is one of the drawbacks of of branding something as pronation. Yeah. Because everybody just associates that with the arch getting closer to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it's not, it's not subtalar, it's not subtalar motion. But it's just orientation from top it's down. Orientation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's orientation. All right. And... So that's a bit of a problem because then is because if if you if you treat it like it's like it's a pronated foot and you're uh uh, not addressing rear foot mechanics, so you do get a, a true uh, relative motion pronation. Then you're gonna you're gonna run into a little bit of, of trouble, right? You're, you're actually gonna apply the wrong treatment at the wrong time. Understood, understood. And because as I see that, that that would be a end game representation with the posterior lower being completely compressed and right. Right. 
you, and, you'll have you'll have concentric overcoming under that circumstance. And all right, yeah. And in thinking about it now, I usually see narrows with with those, but thinking about it now, it would make more sense to get them to early just because of their shape. <clears throat> and really getting them to mid would maybe just enhance their orientation for IR. Okay. But, Let's go back two years. Yeah. If you're in if you're in late ER, you don't have to change bony orientation to go early. You just have to change connective tissue behaviors. So yeah. you always go from late back to early because the orientation because the the uh, the bony representations are the same. All right. All right. No, I'm just I'm just comparing in, in my head, I'm comparing the, because I can see two individuals with the same representation uh, of the foot when they're laying down. And when they stand up, I could see like a really high arch individual or someone who's, who's really losing to, to gravity. And mm -hmm. with someone like a high arch, I would want to go towards it because I want that calcaneus to start IRing and get the subtalar pronation versus with someone that that might have the same representation when they're laying down I would with someone that let's say they they have a flat foot I would want to to maybe bring them to early because that's more ER representation well if you, uh, so in both cases you're talking about an ER foot right in ER foot uh, when laying down, yeah, but that's what I'm one, saying. Like, one, one in both cases, you're talking about an ER foot. It's oh, like yeah. just stay in yeah. the car and go get go. Now, here, yeah. here's here's so here's here's the problem. Okay, when you have somebody that's on on the on the very lateral aspect of their base of support. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if you had like a wide ISA individual that was as far forward as they could possibly go, and and they they'll lose their first metatarsal head contact. Yeah. Okay. So you have a foot that won't even capture the early representation under that circumstance. You got to bring them inside of their base. So, so this is where this is where you're going to have to do some form of mobilization. Yeah. To even capture an early representation of IR, because they don't have any. All right. All right. Okay. All right. But you're still trying to capture the early representation. All right. Trying to go, trying to go from, trying to go from uh, the the late uh, overcoming connective tissue ER representation and try to land in middle. That's what they're trying to do in the first place. That's why you see the orientation. All right. So trying to take them to middle usually doesn't doesn't work. It's too difficult. It's too big a change. You need muscle orientation change and you need bony orientation change to do that. All right. All right. right. So yeah. if I go if I go from late to early, all I have to do is downregulate the motor system. I all I have to do is tune down the muscle activity, and then the connective tissue behavior will change, and then it will allow me to capture the early representation. Then I can move them through towards middle. Got it. Right. Got it. Yeah. Because I've already been able to capture the internal rotation. Yes, sir. Increasing internal rotation. So remember, it's like a late representation still has an element of internal rotation on it, but it's a reducing uh, it. a degree of internal rotation, whereas early is first 
internal rotation increasing towards middle. You see it? Perfect. Yeah, I see it. Like the, the you go all the way back to the beginning and then bring them back through. Perfect. Yeah, the 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 late is just IR being superimposed in front of the of the ankle, basically. When when, when you see when you see the ERD foot and then we, you see the arch go down to the ground, they're dropping the IR in front of the ankle. Awesome. So I have to bring them back and and teach them how to superimpose IR on the right. on the calcaneus first, right. so they can translate the tibia. Yeah. 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 This right. is this is where you'll see like the you'll see like the they'll, they'll try to bend through the rear foot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not relative motion, right? All right. And if if I see that, then I know I I with with those people I cannot capture early because of the bony bands i have to take care of the bony bands first and yeah yeah, yeah. You, but but a lot of times a lot of times the first thing you do is you try to capture an early representation because it's the, by reducing the the motor output you're reducing the muscle activity you can alleviate the, the the bony bend because the bony bends are normal it happens every time you take a step you compress and you expand you compress and you expand okay right. or just staying right. in the compressed representation if you move them back to an early representation, you have reduced that that muscle activity, and a lot of times you don't have to do anything special. Just okay. move them back into a position where where they have the reduced motor output, where their center of gravity is 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 not so far forward. Understood. Okay? Understood. Yeah. Okay. And when the when the now if you fail there, if you fail there, then maybe you got to do something, you know, from a mobilization standpoint to restore yeah. the bony position. Okay. Got it. Got okay. it. That's how and, you. That's how you see. That's how you know how to sequence things when you're working with people from a process standpoint. Right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. And as I as I see the as I have the bony bands in place, I know I have the the bands all the way up the chain. And would it make sense for because I know if if I have the IR calcaneus bend into IR, I know I have to somehow get the get the weight on top of that heel so yes, would it make sense i i thought i heard you say last call or one before it that we can use the the ir late ir mode for the knee just to make sure prior prior to unbending the calcaneus just to make sure we can actually put the weight push down push so down push down yeah on top of the all right all right Got it. Yep. Got it. Because without it, I see like I don't even get the chance to push down on the on the bone I want to unbend. And right. The, the tibia the tibia has to come over the foot. Yeah. Right. And and so if you have if you have a a large differential of proximal tibial ER to distal tibia IR, or it's taking the the whole tibia um into er yeah right there's no way you can get the tibia over top of the foot to create the mobilization in the rear foot yeah yeah all right, right? so you make right. sure that you've got enough you have to make sure that you've got enough uh tibial position that right. it will come straight over the foot all right right if they get so uh, the, the the thing that was popping in your head is like the bow-legged appearance yeah Right yeah. where, where 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 you've got a, a big bend in the leg, and then you try to translate the tibia forward over the foot, and it actually comes around the foot. Yeah, it stays lateral. So it's, instead of coming 
through the middle of the foot. It's out here and it comes around and then you don't get the downforce on the, on the, uh, the talus. Exactly. Or I just get the force from lateral to medial, which, which bends my foot into. There you go. And now we're back to square one. We, yeah, you're starting exactly. from scratch again. Mm -hmm. There you exactly. go. And the, just, uh, correct me if I'm wrong for the, for the ER to IR band at the tibia, I'm seeing something like a crossover step downs that are actually helping me to ER the distal tibia. In that case, would, would that be, could you help me find an activity to, that, that will actually take care of the, of the proximal ER and distal IR at the tibia? If you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, any, so you can do it actively. All right. So anything that's going to translate the tibia forward actively. So, so something as simple as a foot on the ground and, and right. teaching someone to translate the tibia forward by pulling the tibia forward with tibiasi anterior. So instead right. of lifting the arch up, the foot is the stable point and you pull the tibia forward. Got it. Those are the easy, that's the easiest way to do it. Right. Um, and then you can encourage it. You know, like um, if you do like a, uh, like a mulligan based. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, tibial mobilization. So, Maybe. so you're helping to translate the tibia forward and creating the internal rotation at the same time. You can All do right. that. Um, I'm, thinking, are, I'm thinking more of the, of the distal, distal IR because with, with those. Right. People, okay. Hang on, hang on boss. So, so when you're, when you're, translating when you're translating the tibia forward all i have to do is use the other the free hand to turn the distal tibia or to just stabilize it basically is what you're doing right. you're just yeah, going to yeah. prevent it you're going to prevent it from from understand. ir right yeah understand but do you is there is there any like the let's say gym activity that that does this probably not because if the bands are in place there it's always going to go medially right if they well, wait okay so so think about this for a sec though you you could you could end up using like a heels elevated position if you needed to okay because that will give me the er foot it gives you an er foot with overcoming connective tissues which would which would prevent the the distal yeah. tibial ir right and then i just have to make sure to hold on to the relative motion at the knee and all right yep understand yep. you're just going to yeah, so it's like we're going to create a situation distally, and and you're going to create intentional interference, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. we're going Understood. to stop. We're going to stop the IR representation distally. We're still going to get it proximally. Okay, got it. Got but it. This is, but this is how you decide how you're going to orient the foot. 